This is The Christian Artist, honoring Christ through creativity. My name is not Caleb. And I'm AJ. Y you stole my intro, man. I did. <sighs> anyway, my name is Caleb. My name is Connor. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't actually say your name. Yeah, so. My name is Connor, and it's not Caleb. So. My name's still AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're all here again for another episode. AJ is back after a brief hiatus. A very Yay. long hiatus, according to, well, the, it was to a, the episode a week. length. Well, oh, yeah, an hour, like, right. Yeah. That's Two episodes worth. I don't know. I don't know how long these episodes are going to be, man. <clears throat> it's just going to be, it's just going to depend on how long we talk. Depends so. on how long we think you're going to stay listening. <laughs> well, apparently we thought we were yeah. going to listen a long time to that last one, even though yeah. we probably, we pretty much just rambled on for a long, long time about lots of different things. And you're supposed to edit that part out. The rambling? I edited some of the rambling out, but okay. lots of the rambling was interesting, yeah. so... Well, we find it interesting. Yeah, but we hopefully other people will found it interesting, too. All right. So, anyway, let's jump right in. All right. Yeah. So, uh, we're what are we talking about today, Connor? Oh, you forgot? No, something? I didn't forget. I just was kind of giving yeah, you... Okay. AJ, what are we talking about today? You haven't said anything for a while. And by a while, I mean a minute. You forgot exactly. <laughs> okay, we all... Never mind. I actually do remember what we were exactly. talking about. Okay, so we're going to be talking about parables today and stories and so on and so forth, like all, all that stuff. Um, like how Jesus told parables and, uh, you know, the ways that we should structure stories um, and stuff like that. So should be interesting. Um, so I'm going to open this uh, with just a little bit of a comment. I was listening to the Blimey Cow podcast. Um, I think it was like the second episode. It was one of their really early episodes. I was binge listening to the early episodes. Um, if you don't know who Blimey Cow is, I'm sorry. Uh, you should really know who they are because they're pretty awesome. They talk about lots of cool stuff. Um, and they have a podcast. And I was listening to it, and they are talking about what makes a good story. And uh, uh, Kelly is one of the people on the podcast, and she was talking about uh, a Bible study she went to where uh, they were talking about the way Jesus structured parables. And the way he structured them was in such a way that, you know, if you understood the spiritual meaning behind it, then, or if your heart was ready to understand that, then you would. Um, and if you didn't, then it would just, you know, it still entertain you as a good story. And you could get that first level of meaning without, um, you know, your heart being revealed or you, you're, you, without the second level of meaning being revealed to you um, because your heart wasn't ready for it yet. So, and the more I thought about that, the more I realized that's really how we should be structuring stories. Um, you know, if you're doing short stories or novels or, you know, creative writing or even, you know, film, all that stuff um, where you, you're storytelling, that's a really, really good, uh, you know, way to structure stories is to have a level of meaning because, you know, as Christian artists, that's one of our main goals is to be able to, you know, as I said, subtly preach the gospel with all of our art. So you can have this really, you know, engaging story that is just about these characters discovering things about their lives and, you know, overcoming obstacles. But then you can have this underlying theme behind it that these characters are discovering. Um, and you don't necessarily need to be a Christian or even need to be, you know, anyone who would understand that deeper Christian meaning behind uh, a lot of these themes you're getting across to en to enjoy the story. And that should be a lot of what we're trying to do with storytelling is have Christian themes, you know, subtly painted in the background to pretty much everything we do, but do it in such a way that 
you know, it's not you're not just beating someone over the head with these themes that maybe they don't even want to hear about. Um, but by framing your stories in such a way that these Christian themes are evident, you will, you know, subconsciously, you know, make have people be introduced to those themes if they haven't before, or just have their brains be, you know, more acclimated to it. Um, and it will help them in, you know, future situations when they're talking to someone about Christianity and then be like, oh, that story that I read that one time, that was, that's what that meant. And then you can use, and that's one of the cool things about stories is just that you can take correlations from your life and apply them to these stories that you've read. All right. So yeah, we'll just continue on here. Any thoughts about, uh, you know, the way Jesus structured par- his parables or, you know, ways we can do similar things, anything like that? I think that the way that they were structured, that most people, especially just people that aren't Christians, the surface level, meaning that they're going to grab from it, it's going to be very confusing and ultimately leads them to look to God to have that meaning then revealed because it can only come from God to have that knowledge with the spirit of truth being within us after being saved. And that until that point, the parable is going to be very confusing and is not going to make really any sense at all. Like when Jesus talks about being the bread of life and talks about, in the book of John, about eating his, eating his body as him being the bread of life and drinking his blood, that just makes no sense to <laughs> someone that's not spiritually minded. They get yeah. very confused like the Pharisees did when Jesus was telling this to them. Mm-hmm. I was actually... Uh, uh, I'm doing an ethnography for uh, my English class in, in college and, uh, you know, doing some field research and I decided to do it on, uh, at, you know, my church. Um, and so I did some observations over a few weekends, you know, at the services and stuff like that. And when I was trying to write this down in like the research journal about communion, I realized just how alien that really is to anyone who wouldn't understand it. And, you know, that's those, those are those kind of things that, you know, when we use Christian jargon, there are so many things that just people will not understand because we're so used to the concept and we understand the concept, but unless those concepts are explained in a different way to someone else, they're not going to get it. And also the point of Jesus speaking in parables is to that, um, is referencing or not referencing, but like uh, correlates with the verse, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Is like you have to, you have to actually search for God. You can't just, like if every single theme that was related to God, if that just like brought your mind to God, that'd be so easy to witness to somebody. But God wants it to be harder than that for them to actually find God because then then you know that you actually have a disciple there and not just somebody who wants to be saved. Um, but also I just stumbled upon, uh, uh, what's it called? Like a heading that said purpose, the purpose of parables. Oh, that's so, so yeah, you should read a little bit yeah. of that. So uh, the disciples came and said to him, and this is in Matthew, so um, these are disciples talking to Jesus. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their eyes are hard of hearing, their, their, their ears are hard of hearing. <laughs> their eyes are hard. <laughs> their eyes are hard. Well, yeah, because their eyes don't hear anything. Okay. 
Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For as assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think we should unpack that. All right, go ahead. Because, I mean, like, it feels like he <laughs> talks in a parable, like, while he's explaining it. Like, like I feel like he's talking metaphor, metaphorically still, and still in a way that you have to dig to find out. I and mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I love about all the things that Jesus says. Yeah. Just in the whole Bible is you have to dig. And you can't just yep. read something and be like, oh, well, I got that. <laughs> you got you to gotta think. You got to think about it. Most interesting part is what will correlate to what we were just talking about was the uh, uh, for their hearts of the people have grown dull mm-hmm. uh, and lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts in turn. That's really interesting. That actually has a good correlation to just yeah. our society right now um, just in the way that they've been completely desensitized to worldly ideas Everything. In, in, <laughs> no, instead of you know godly ideas where oh, it's just like okay, they're so it. indoctrinated in everything the world has to offer that, that anything, these, everything else seems so yeah. alien. Mm-hmm. So yeah, basically, I mean, like, it just kind of goes to say that you can't really understand it unless you have, like, spiritual lenses. Mm-hmm. Like AJ was saying, like, um, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. I mean, that really that basically sums it up right there. And then he expounds upon it mm-hmm. in, uh, <laughs> in different ways. But I mean... That's the that's the biggest thing there is. Yeah, it was actually really interesting to me when I first listened to that on the podcast, just realizing that Jesus was a storyteller. Yeah. When you really think about it, that's that's what Jesus did. He he was obviously obviously a teacher, like main, first and foremost, but he used stories so many times to teach people spiritual truths, and it, it kind of made me feel cool because I'm like, wait, that's what I do. And that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. I get to do what Jesus did. I get to tell people stories. And that's, like, really, really cool. It'd be cooler if you traveled around with a bunch of guys. <laughs> do you guys want to be my disciples? Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to be your disciples. <laughs> you a weirdo? <laughs> do you guys want to come around the country and disciple other people? Yes. Disciple other people? That'd <laughs> yeah, be really I'm cool. cool. What do you guys think? We, 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 we to be honest, though, far. I actually kind of want to listen. Just live in Janesville the rest yeah. of my life. We could just disciple people in Janesville. I feel like we'd get arrested before we. What? Before we said anything really important. What? Why would we get arrested for just speaking? I mean, for for uh, speaking. And, and uh, where where was it? It was like England or something, where a group of people got tear gassed for. For, that uh, was, was for a very specific thing. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> they were just about that kind of stuff too. Well, true. I mean, so I feel like that wouldn't go over well. But I mean, like, here's here's something I do want to talk about. Like, what's stopping us? What's stopping us for from ditching everything we have, putting on sandals, and just walking around and preaching to people? Everything I do with my life is based on ev- like this city. Well, but I mean, like, if nobody else, I mean, like, it's kind of like the thing of. If nobody else is doing it, that means everybody else is. Uh, oh, there other are people have to stand people up doing and, that. What do you think? Dare to share does. Well, that's I what mean, they, that's what they're that they go around the entire country doing yeah, that nonstop. But, but that's for Christians. They're discipling Christians. 
I mean, the, the people, what would we the people have been doing? <laughs> no, we're we're doing making we're... followers and disciples. Yeah, I mean, like, the... well, yeah, but that's the thing, Connor. I can we can do that in other ways too, and I feel like oh no, me, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But what what's stopping us from doing that? Because I don't want you to. Don't want to. <laughs> and also because I don't feel like that is God's plan for my life. Yeah, and I'm I'm literally the more I have thought and prayed you about could, you what just... I want to do with my life. It's yeah, okay. I, I have I, that is a good point. Yeah, you could write I could, the stories. Yeah, and then that is tell a, them. No, but I'm gonna do book tours. Yeah, I oh, will so be could, doing that. So you, you guys should come with me. Your, and then we'll just we'll just, <laughs> just go out in the street and be like, yo, there's a oh my book gosh. thing going on there. Connor, be cool. wouldn't that that be the coolest thing ever? If yeah. I actually became a famous author, I went on book tours and I got brought you guys with me and we just street witnessed. Yes, dude, that'd be awesome. And we, dude, and then we, that'd be so cool. And then we brought them all to like the book signing and you just told parables. That'd be oh, geez, that'd be that'd so be dumb. Super but it'd be so cool. so cool as well. That'd be so cool, man. It sounds silly in retrospect, but yeah, I feel like that'd but be so I'd cool. totally do it. Yeah. I totally do that. I just want. I just don't want to live on the road. Is what I'm saying. I yeah. want to live here. Well, I mean, or at least, or at least, or maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, like, I don't want to be on the road constantly, kind of a thing. Like, or live somewhere well, else besides like Wisconsin. I might live. I might well. live up north. Well, dude, that would up. be cool. Hold I'd up. be okay you with living in a cabin in the woods. But. You don't have to be on the street constantly. You could, there's homeless shelters, so you could, you could sleep under a roof every once in a while. That's a good point, but that I'd feel, I don't know. You'd feel like? No. No. <laughs> no, because it would be like, I, I can afford a house. Why am I? But if we took it to the extreme, though, then yeah. you could just live in a tent. And yeah. I don't want to do that. Guys, I want to have a family. <laughs> I don't want to have to take my family well, along I mean, in a tent with the disciples. The disciples had families, and they left them. Yeah. They're like, screw this. We're going. <laughs> we're running around. They that's didn't, what they did. They didn't leave. Uh, I guess they did. No, they, they the left country. their families. Yeah. I was going to say I mean, they didn't leave their country, but I wouldn't be leaving my country either, would I? Yeah. But I think their country's a lot smaller than <laughs> my country, <laughs> our country. Yeah. Israel's a lot smaller than the United States of America. I'd be okay, okay. If I didn't have kids and it was like early stages of like being married, I'd be okay with kind of traveling on the road okay because yeah. i'm okay well, with your wife obviously yeah 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 i mean no yeah this is my I, life <laughs> i feel like living yeah. in this house I, I i feel like that's another thing know, that i always that we pay for it i'm not is, gonna be there yeah well i've let's, let's not talk at the same time sorry hey, repeat what you were no it doesn't matter i was just gonna say um i was i was uh watching this documentary uh called tiny which is about tiny houses and like people living in like 300 square foot houses even smaller than that and like i realized that i would kind of be okay with doing that and a lot of those houses are like portable and they put them on trailers and i don't know i don't know i might do that guys so okay we should just have build tiny houses and go around the country man i'm the more i'm thinking about this the more i'm actually kind of excited about it (laughs) well i mean like that'd be pretty cool it's just i feel like the modern way of witnessing like in modern times I feel like the whole let's walk around and you know go from city to city walk to city from city to city and preach to people I feel like that's so not modern mm. that I feel like that's just not the best way to do that but then again I mean like why shouldn't it be uh-huh 
This is something me and AJ were talking about the other day. I don't remember. Open air preaching. Can... Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, why shouldn't we just be able to go to the mall? I mean, we'd get kicked out of the mall because that's illegal there. You but... could go in like a park or just yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, we, we've done that before, but no, that but never like, really just... seems to be a very effective thing to do. It means it gets oh. people's minds on that. You know, what I mean, might like, be cool. The way the way that Jesus did it, he yeah he got people before him and said, "I am preaching this." Yeah, but no, okay, what if we did this? What if we had, like, I brought my guitar, and, like, we had a, like, thing in the park, and we had, like, you know, songs, and then I'd tell stories, and then we'd also do, like... What would, what would we do? Preaching and stuff. You guys could do preaching and stuff. Oh, so And then AJ, the, AJ, make the okay. AJ'd make the banners. AJ'd make, like, the banners. What do we do with the banners? Where do you put them? Like put them on us. a stick and yeah. just kind of parade them around. Well, I didn't mean... We're not just... Connor, we're going to have stands for the banners. I'm not just going to have a banner on the ground. <laughs> they make those. They make banner right. stands. Whatever. <laughs> well, this got off topic really quickly. No, but I mean, like... This, this I guess is, we're not technically off topic. Yeah. We're on is, topic. This is a very interesting place to go with this, even though mm-hmm. we're going to be bringing it back soon. Yeah. But I'm, I, seriously, though. What do, you, what do you think, AJ? What, like, yeah, you why should not said we be... in like a long time, yeah. AJ. You should say something. Yeah. Just just get in there sometime, man. Just kind of like, just kind of smack us or... Yeah. Or just give us like a sign. Be assertive, man. Yeah. Just throw your stuff out there, man. Uh, well, I guess right now for me with the ministry that um, some of the churches in the area have started up with Merge with young adults mm-hmm. and connecting with, continuing to get more and more churches involved with right. it. Since most churches write off those 20-somethings and young adults, they're like thinking that they're not quite ready to be serious about Christianity and when there are ones within the church that in some churches they just don't they don't put that backing behind them mm-hmm. and support them in this time when we're yeah we could be spiritually mature and have so much to offer with the church and um, with the ministry right now of just continuing to invite more churches and then also being able to have all those people that are involved with the group invite their non-christian friends as well so they can be involved even if it's not with, like, the worship and other stuff that's toward the end of events, but just, like, before that, having that time of fellowship and digging deep with friendships where you're actually honest about what's going on in your life and what you're passionate about and not <clears throat> holding back with sharing that. If God's the biggest part of your life right now going forward, then that's something that should be coming up in conversation. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be pushed over here to the side yeah. and never come up in conversation when that's your passion and that's what you're mm-hmm. pursuing. I mean, I feel like that's awkward if you were talking to anybody else. And, like, if you were talking to non-Christians, be like, my passion is Jesus right now. Is it yours too? But I mean, like, it, um, and I feel like nobody would really do that. I mean, like, I'm not saying not that's a bad way. thing. Not in that way, yeah. but I like... Oh, yeah, yeah. obviously. Because when I was getting my haircut, it, like, just came yeah. up in conversation. Yeah. Yeah. As I was getting my haircut, she, like, mm-hmm. asked, like, what I was doing that day and told her about the group of young adult Christians I was hanging out with and about, like, what... Right. This movement is that we're doing, like well, that cool. comes comes yeah. up, came up in conversation naturally, because that's, the that's what I'm passionate yeah. about, mm-hmm. and that's just what's going on in my life. Exactly. So I'm not sure. That's oh, that's a that's, really good point. Yeah, if that's we, why if you, you you fill your time mm-hmm. with things that matter, and so that you have that's when people look at your life, your or yeah, or, or when you're in conversations yeah. with someone, that's the first thing that comes to your mind. That's, and you're just that's like, where yeah, the conversation what I go. talk because you're so. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because you're yeah. always thinking about it, and so that's naturally where you lead a, lead a conversation. Where is that verse where you, what you what you put in, that's what's gonna come out. I feel like it's in the gospel. In the gospel, no, the first four. <laughs> the gospel. Yeah, that's what technically. The, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> whatever. 
just being. But uh, um, I was gonna go back to my original point I was making before you guys were all like, oh, but that's. Uh. Were you gonna put uh, west or east? Or okay, where stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> where, like, if if you're not comfortable with talking about that to other people, mm-hmm. or even just saying, you know, I'm not where God wants me to be right now. Being able to share that with other Christians is the best thing you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Whether which side doesn't really matter which side of that you're on. Like mm-hmm. if you're all for God or you're struggling right now, getting that to other people and letting them minister to you is the only way you're going to be able to get back on track. Because you can't, you can't like, you can't um, be all out for God without asking questions like that. You can't be like. You have to be ministered to at some point, whether just by reading your Bible a lot and by praying and stuff like that. I mean, like that's definitely possible. But getting with Christian fellowship and seeing other people do the things that you want to be doing is the best thing possible. And then reading the Bible and praying with those other oh, Christians yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, but where where is that verse where it's talking about? I have no idea. Well, you can just believe us. I can, I can look it up. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, and KJV because that's the best. About what you fill yourself up with and yeah. that comes above all else guards your hearts for everything you do flows from it that's in that's in proverbs but is that a different verse or proverbs 423 says that but there's other stuff within i'm sure there's lots yeah. of verses that say something similar Matthew, to that. there's some other ones too yeah is what you what you put in it specifically says like what you what you put in is what's going to come out mm-hmm. um, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks that's yeah in, i think there that's you what go. Is. is that in matthew 6 somewhere i'll check real quick we'll put it in the liner notes when yeah. we find it Okay, that's cool. But, um, uh, what, uh, man, what's gonna say? Open air preaching. Yeah. Like, okay, so what is the deal? Like, why, why is we, like, besides why being, is we? being put in jail and not being listened to at all, why, why do we feel like how Jesus ministered to people and how he lived not is idea. not a good idea? Because, hmm. I mean, yeah. I understand it, but, to put it into words that just it doesn't feel like it's well, a good okay. Enough obviously, obviously, it's a different time and a different place, yeah. and there are certain ways to do things. But there's also something to be said for just what you're called to tr- do. It's truth. You know what I mean? Like, it, truth is going to speak to people no matter what way is it put. Um, obviously, there are a lot better ways to do it in specific situations than others. But there are p- probably plenty of ple- people who would uh, that would be effective to just go like Ray Comfort he goes every single day into mm-hmm. like a plaza where he lives and just open air preaches and he talks to hundreds of people and thousands of people over the you know the years he goes and every stuff. single day every single day oh, that's awesome unless he's like traveling somewhere and speaking oh. you know like literally Dude, if he is awesome. he is amazing like i mean seriously how do you he does that every single that? day and he street like, witnesses every single day you have to be such an extrovert to do that, like there'd be uh, but no. But he's way. done it so much. I yeah. bet that he he just yeah. does it so naturally now. Like I honestly don't think that that I would be able to do that every single day. I'd need, at least not. need one day off because I would just feel so like drained because dealing with people is not my thing. Mm. Like where I feel like I'd probably do a better job at that than yeah. you would. Deal, uh, dealing with mockers, that's not my thing. Yeah, and that's, that's true. That's that's really all you find on the street anymore. Like majority, that's mm, usually majority. what you're gonna find on the well, street. Well, the people that are gonna respond to you anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, because there's a lot of people who would just walk yeah. away and the wouldn't people, talk to you. Yeah, the people who are going to talk are usually just gonna sit there and not yeah 
listen. And I feel like saying. I do a much better job of handling those kind of people than you do, <laughs> simply because I have a lot more patience with people. Unless they're driving by in a car. Right? Unless they're driving by in a car and yell, run, Forrest, run, then I get a little mad. That has happened to me twice, and seriously, guys, don't say that to me. (laughs) And don't say that to me, and don't yell things at girls out of cars. That's just rude. As soon as I get my license, man, and as soon as I, like, pull out of the driveway, you're going to be like, run, Forrest, run! (sighs) You're a great brother. I am. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Humble, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. notice that. AJ. So... (laughs) So, we're not letting AJ talk at yeah. all. Oh yeah, no, get in there, man. Just, just snack something. To... I mean, I guess if you didn't have anything to say, yeah. then no, well, I was just trying to think of where mm-hmm. in Matthew for that verse where it talks about Otho. You're still on that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Put it in the liner notes. Yeah. They'll read it. Yeah, it's you'll fine. find it in the liner notes. We'll find it in the liner notes. The linear notes, you mean? <laughs> yes, <laughs> as opposed to the. Timey wibbly wobbly timey wimey notes. We already made notes. that exact joke. No, we didn't. We made a circular oh. joke. We all. Oh. I didn't oh, make so a Doctor Who reference. It's a different shape this time. <laughs> yep, I made a Doctor Who reference this time. Okay. I don't really watch that show, but I see that all over the place on Facebook. The sun's out, so put your guns away, folks. That's just um, a reference from Brainstorm. <laughs> That's just AJ. That's not a reference from anything. Unpack that parable. Unpack that parable. Ooh, that's a pit. Ooh, we should, we should, uh, we should try to make a segment. Make a segment. Unpack that parable. After we get all this serious stuff out, let's 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 unpack that and see if we can get a a spiritual meaning out of. Sun's out. Put your guns away, folks. Uh, Oh, funny. Huh? Let's do that. Anyway. Yeah. So okay. So I I feel like we've cleared that up. Like, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But I mean, like, why do we feel like that's not See, I feel, yeah, I don't know. Like, there are different people who have different strengths in different areas. And so one person might not have, you know, the capabilities or the skills or even the wants to but just why, preach open air. Why shouldn't we all do that, though? I mean, if that's I'm what not, Jesus did. I am saying, I'm not saying that we shouldn't not do that. Shouldn't yeah, not no, do that. Yeah, no, you're saying, though, that that's whoever it's called to. I'm saying that there, there that. are specific things that people are good at. Yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't not do things just because you're not necessarily good at them. Mm-hmm. If there's ever a situation where God is, you know that God is calling you to do that, just do it. You know what I mean? And and you might find that you're actually pretty good at it. Well, yeah. Think of the you know uh, I mean? the story of Moses where he was out in the desert. Right. And he's like, I'm bush, not good at speaking. Yeah. Though, to be honest, he did actually get someone else to speak for him. Yeah. And so there you go. He did. We have a, you have a team of people. And, and one person's good at one thing. One person's good at another thing. Even still, though, I'd say if God says, get up there and preach to the masses right now, you should just do it. Yeah. Because... God says to do it, man. Why are you? Why are you worrying? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like in a situation where you're like, oh, "Well, I'm not really good at yeah. this specific thing," but you know that God is calling you to do that, and you just feel it in your heart, and you're like, "Well, I don't think I should." And then you just do it. God knows what He's doing. He's gonna give you. He. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, for goodness sakes. Like, you can do anything with God who gives you strength. Like, legitly. 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 It's too legit to quit, man. Just go open air preaching. We should do that sometime, man. We should just go to Palmer Park, get a soapbox, stand on it. Be great. Do they sell those? I don't, I don't know if they do anymore. We should 
I'm sure they do on like eBay. You can find, probably find one somewhere. I'll just get a wooden box somewhere. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a soap box. That'd be cool. We should do that sometime. I'm actually serious about the park thing with music yeah, and interesting. storytelling. That'd actually be really fun. Ooh, actually, we, we were planning on doing just a, a worship night at, uh, you know, the courthouse. Court park. By you know, yeah, the park yep. thing that goes down there. It's kind of like a... Mm-hmm. Kind of like a... Big uh, pavilion. Open sure. pavilion. Yeah, like, we were thinking of just doing a worship night there and just inviting the youth group and just see what happens. And I mean, do we'd, a message afterward. Yeah, we'd probably... That'd be really cool. We'd attract at least some people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, we'd probably attract some hecklers, and that would be fun, too. So, <laughs> That'd be fun for you. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? You'd go over and tell them off. No, I wouldn't tell I, them I'm off. I'm kidding. No, that'd be fun. But yeah, it, you just talk to them. It's always fun to have hecklers. Almost always, at least. To have people who, who are openly against you, because that means you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what, like... I can't think of a place where Jesus didn't go where people heckled him. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, or that any of the disciples went where people didn't want to stone them. Or I, I can't think of a place that Jesus did go to. I said didn't go to. <laughs> <laughs> We're all the double negatives today. Yeah. So, I mean, you shouldn't be alarmed when people hate you. You should You should be like... Oh, I'm doing something right. There was actually a, a football. Well, okay, just taking you're taking that a little bit out of context. You shouldn't just oh, say yes. someone hates you. You're doing something right. Yes, <laughs> there's probably there might be a good reason why they hate yeah. you. But you, you guys you know what I mean. Their father. There was a- <laughs> you shouldn't say you're doing something right just because someone hates you for murdering someone. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel I like know, if they gotcha. took that quote out of context, it could go very badly. Gotcha. There's a footnote in the Evidence Bible here, which is the best Bible ever. Um, oh, wow, he's throwing, throwing it down. down the gauntlet. <laughs> um, but there's a footnote here. What is the Evidence Bible, about. for people who don't know that that is? The Evidence Bible is a Bible that Ray Comfort not edited. made. Yeah, he edited it. Edited he added, it. like, footnotes <laughs> and other stories and whatnot and yeah. stuff like that in there. He, and he puts, like, his basically his notes mm-hmm. about everything. And he thinks of every single question you could possibly think of, basically. And he puts in where the verses are that relate to it. And he even puts in, like, references to other things that talk about um, that topic and other footnotes that talk about the same topic. And it just, if you mm-hmm. if you start and open up a, a reading a chapter and then you find a footnote, you could just be taken on a gigantic train. So, yeah. It's Rapid good stuff. trail? No, it's a train. Trains go faster, so. <laughs> and rabbit trails are pointless. Yeah, there you go. There you rabbit, go. Rabbit trails aren't necessarily pointless. They allow you to think... Yeah, but more like rabbit to the topic so that you can catch other. Rabbit stuff trail has a weird <laughs> connotation, though. It's like you're just wandering, where you, like oh goose goose chase is what I'm thinking of. Rabbit trail is kind of that's a wild. Both of those chase. are kind of uh, who, weird connotations. Okay, what is going on? I don't know. I know we all know what you mean. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you get the right simile or metaphor or whatever or analogy. I don't know what so word what is, I'm supposed to use there. Is that a metaphor or a simile or an analogy or, or what? Is it just a saying? But what would be that us being saying? I don't know. All right, I, I'll, no, I'll figure it out and I'll put it in the line of notes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a way I'm, I'm going to find I this. It doesn't matter that much. I don't think there's a way I'm going to find this right away here. But, uh... Oh, maybe I just found it, actually. 
next 2021. Let's see. Uh, check this real quick and then we'll move on. But it basically just talked about uh, this guy. I think it was Charles Spurgeon mm-hmm. who was talking about if if you're hated for what you're talking about, that's good. Like uh, at least at least like the only two things you're gonna want out of preaching to someone. Oh, I remember it was called raw nerves. The only two things you want to get out of something is either repentance or someone is hating conviction. You. Yeah. Because that means, yeah, because if somebody's right. hating you, that means they're being convicted. So I was actually going to the right place. Hmm. Cool. That's really interesting. You yeah, should... because that means you're hitting a nerve. That's right. why it's called raw nerves. Right. Uh, it says, when you're preaching open air, don't let angry reactions from the crowd concern you. A dentist knows where to work on a patient when he touches a raw nerve. Mm. When you touch a raw nerve in the heart of the sinner, it means that you are in business. Anger is a thousand times better than apathy. Anger Ooh. is a sign of conviction. Yeah. If I can have an argument with my wife and suddenly realize that I am in the wrong. I can come to her in a repentant attitude and apologize, or I can save face by lashing out in anger. So that's like the the two options that usually happen in mm-hmm. in arguments, just for like human nature. Wow, that's so that's the really that's insightful. the two things you want. Yep. You don't want somebody to sit there, listen, and leave. Mm-hmm. You either want them to be like convicted, yeah, or repentant. either way you want them to be convicted. If they're not convicted, you're not doing it right. Yep. Wow. That's uh, good. Another another really good quote. I don't remember where I saw this. I think it was in here too. Whereas, uh, oh, a preacher's job is to bring someone down to the point where the only place that they can then look is up and mm-hmm. see God. You want them to bring them down and see what they really are, yeah. so they can look up. And I thought that exactly. was cool. Exactly. I actually might have read that in a history book, which is really cool. But yeah, <clears throat> that actually reminds me of something real quick. Um, if we're tying this back into art, and we say. Um, you know, your job as an artist is to hit nerves. Um, in a lot of situations, uh, like say with satire, I heard a quote about satire once where it's basically like, I make you laugh and then I make you realize that you've just laughed at the absurd position you've held your entire life. And it's, you know, it's that idea of like making people realize how ridiculous some things really are. And, you know, that kind of thing where you, you touch on a topic of human nature in such a way that people think about it in a way they've never thought about it before and realize how ridiculous some of these things are and how wrong some of these things are. I mean, that's one of the main goals as artists is to get people to think about human nature and life in a way they haven't before. And so yeah, to, good. we'll tie that with in a little, in a little bow and say <clears throat> that's a wrap. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Wow. I did not try to do that. But no, oh, that was amusing. Yeah, I, but then. I'm not going to expound upon it, but I want to just kind of wrap. Actually, okay, wrap go ahead. It up Have a conclusion. Bow. Go. Um, first of all, the, the quote was by Charles Spurgeon with the whole preacher thing. But um, also, I mean, like, uh, that's not a bad thing. Like, if not only if someone's angry at you, that's not a bad thing because that means you've hit a nerve. But convicting people is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've gotten so far away with with modern evangelism. Evangelism. Like, we want to be nice. We want to we wanna soften the blow. Uh, my dad, the youth pastor at our church, we were talking Wednesday night about something. I don't remember what. But he was just talking about, like, he had always had this thing of, when you uh, um, are 
witnessing to somebody and you use the Ten Commandments, you always want to say, you know, I've messed up on that too. And he was saying that that doesn't seem right to to be down with them in the dirt like that because we're supposed to be righteous. And he was saying like, um, we're like we're not supposed to be better than them, but we're supposed to not be like, um, because it's the it's the idea that when somebody else is sinning with you, it doesn't feel as bad. Hmm. So if if you say no, I've done the same thing too. They're like, oh well, then it's not that bad. Hmm. And the idea that you have to be, um, you have to be truthful in the way yeah. that sin is always horrible. Yeah, you you don't want to dumb it down in yeah. any way. No matter no matter how bad you feel, make the person feel it's the truth. You yeah. can't you can't say I'm not going to tell this person the truth. Ob- yeah, obviously we're not trying to. You know, you're obviously not you going to try to like beat them down to a bloody pulp where they're just like so distraught. Yeah, metaphor- you know what I mean? Like you're not trying to like destroy their self-image and like just completely depress them. But it's it's to get them to a point where they realize that they are a sinner so that you can immediately make uh, have, you know, have them turn up to Jesus as you said because it's only when people realized what they need to be saved from that they'll realize that they need a savior. All right, well, I think that that wraps up that. Mm-hmm. AJ, do you have anything to say about that specific topic? That's a nice bow that you wrapped it up with. <laughs> Thank you. I thought so myself. All right, so moving on to parables then. Yeah, so uh, we have a fun little segment for you now. I know we're already kind of half an hour into this podcast, but... Oh, we are. Yep. But oh well. Um, we have a really fun segment, and it's what we're going to do is we're going to take a parable... From the Bible, I, I know you were expecting it to be from a different book, but it's from the Bible, and we are going to pick a genre and basically create a full story out of that parable, like flesh it out, using that parable as a base for this story, and we will do that when we come back. And we're back. All right, so we're going to brainstorm a story idea based on a parable. What parable have we chosen, Connor? Oh, you left me up to that? I thought we were going to choose something together. No, oh, well. We could. I, it doesn't matter. We let's, What are we going to choose, hey, guys? Hey, do you care? What, what parable? You care what parable? Okay, let's go with the parable of the wedding feast. The wedding feast. Then. <laughs> um, so I feel like we should just read it for all the viewers. Or maybe we well, should just listeners. go with it. Because I just read it to you guys. Yeah. So we, we we'll just we'll, we'll just put the reference in the liner notes and you can read it if yeah. you want. No, I feel, so. like, I feel like we should make them get out their Bible and read it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get out like your Bible, guys. What's the reference, Connor? I feel like they should just read the entire thing and then and what's they the, find it. What's the chapter? <laughs> no, I want them to just... <laughs> read the entire Bible until just, they find they it? They should just know. Yeah, they'll know where it is. They should just know. I'm kidding. Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Beginning of Matthew 22. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the entire thing... Oh, no, it's up until yeah, verse 14. It's 14 verses. Okay, yep. so <clears throat> give us a quick synopsis of that, though. Uh, sure. <laughs> I was actually hoping to read it again, actually. Anyway, um, basically, it uh, starts out with the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. So basically, there's this king... And he's got a kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Marriage for his son. <laughs> and he's throwing a wedding feast. Yeah, throwing a wedding feast. But all of the uh, wedding guests treated his servants terribly. 
So he had them all killed. He had all the servants killed and burned down all of the cities. Wait, the servants? Yeah. Oh, no, not the people not the, who yeah, abused people who, the servants. Not, they also didn't just abuse the servants, they also killed the servants. Oh. And so he wow. had all the people who killed the servants killed mm-hmm. and burned down all their cities. <laughs> no, that's not so a joke. people from like a yeah. foreign country that came to his wedding sure, treated his I servants mean, badly and he killed them and burned their cities. Yeah, I guess that's how that works. Yeah, I guess huh. that's what happened. I'm already starting to see a story here, so... And, uh... Specifically, it said that the, uh... The rest seized his... Oh, actually, some of them didn't come as well. And, uh, it says specifically that seized his servants... The other, the other guys, the other guests who didn't... Who actually showed up. Seized his servants and treated them spitefully. So I just wanted to throw that in there. The specific uh, way that they treated them was spitefully. Right. Put it in the context. In New King James. Uh, so then... Yes, yeah, so one of the... King, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so then he said it was servants. The wedding is ready. Those who were invited were not worthy. Just read that specifically. Mm-hmm. So then he told the servants to go everywhere and just get people and invite them to the wedding. Because, you know, wedding parties got to have guests. <laughs> so just, you know, grab whoever. Um, so <laughs> Y'all, we killed all of our guests, so yeah. we need more. Yeah, like... If you can imagine the, the servants going out there, yo, my king got really mad and killed all the... Killed all, the, killed all the wedding guests. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you, you want to so. come? come? So we'll then, give you food. So then... Hopefully we uh, won't kill you, but you have to treat us nicely. Yeah. So then uh, the king came in to see the guests and was like, yo, you're not wearing a wedding garment. He's talking to someone specific, and he was like, well... Yeah, I'm not wearing a wedding garment. Now, what would that be in oh, no, Hebrew? No, he's that he was speechless. Uh, that would be. Uh, <laughs> not gonna pretend not to know gonna, Hebrew. No, <laughs> not gonna. It sound sounds so bad. Anyway, so uh, he was like, "Yo, where's your wedding garment?" And the guy was speechless. It says, so the king had him bound hand and foot, and had him thrown out into the outer darkness. It says. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the final line is, for many are called, but few are chosen. Okay, so what is the main plot of this, then? Main plot? Or the main theme, I guess. Main theme? Well, the main theme is God. I mean, that's God right there. Honestly, like that's like the, that's and so like the basically, story of God. So basically what it is, is he's inviting all these people into his kingdom. Yeah. And some of them treat his servants horribly. Some so, of them, some of them don't even, of some of them don't even act like the way they're supposed yeah. to for the wedding, and then he. Well, some of them, some of them don't show up, and some of them treat mm-hmm. his servants badly. So he has, and then some of them come in yeah. without wedding garments. Yeah. So he has all of them killed. Well, the other two. So the, are those the three? Are those the yeah. three types then? Yeah, basically. Okay, so we can definitely work with this and start right, building a story guys, off of this. Well, let's talk to AJ first, since he's clearly not just gonna talk. He's just gonna wait till we yell at him. Sorry, no. Just looking at graphic design inspiration stuff right now on my laptop. Oh, whoa! Oh, for the story. Oh, so. Oh, for the story. You have an out for here. The marriage feast. No, oh, probably right. not for that. Just for yeah. other work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was slacking. <laughs> he was he was slacking on, on this and doing something else. And being productive in some other area. Yeah. We'll give him. We'll give him a break. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So yeah, I posted on social we're media. We're not gonna we're not gonna kill him and all of his servants and burn down his city. And no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we po- I posted on social media about, you know, 
we're make brainstorming a story. You should guys should give us random like a genre and stuff. But nobody's answered. Oh. Though I I did actually po- only post it like ten minutes ten ago. minutes ago. Yeah. So because the wedding feast goes into the when you dig that level deeper, talking about the marriage feast of the Lamb in heaven after the judgment and after the glorified bodies. That then the marriage feast of the Lamb. When you dig down that deeper level, that Jesus is that's what he's getting at. But it's he's doing it on a level where the people in that time period could understand it as what a king would do for his son for a marriage ceremony and that if they dig deeper within that and have spiritual lenses after becoming saved that they will then catch that meaning that Jesus is talking about the afterlife and when he talks about there being people that were um, bound hand and foot and cast into the darkness into the outer darkness that that's ultimately talking about hell and not being able to be in Mm-hmm. Being absent from God's presence. Yeah. So I actually just thought of something. You're, you were saying that that's uh, what he would do for his son. And I was thinking, you know, uh, people will kind of think that this is, you know, this is mean of God. Of God. To be like, yeah, to be like, oh, you didn't treat my servants right, and you killed them, so now I'm going to kill all of you. People would be like, whoa, what's going on here? This is God we're talking about. And I was thinking about that. And he was saying, you know, what, what would... What would uh, what a king would do for his son, or what would God do for his son kind of a thing. And it came to me in a new light that that's what God is doing when he sends other people to hell. It's kind of like, it's kind of like they're the bad guests in the, at the wedding, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make the wedding better for his son and the good guests right. by taking out the bad guests. It's kind of like, like uh, if, if somebody keeps going to a youth group over and over again and it's just a complete distraction... And nobody can actually listen. So he's hindering the mm. lesson and nobody can actually listen because he's being a distraction. That you would then say, no, you can't be here if, because these people want to learn. Yeah. And we're not going to have well, you Well, that would here. be the last step anyway. You'd probably well, talk well, to them yeah. first. But. Be like, yay, you are a distraction. <laughs> you are chewing gum. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. you out of here. Yeah, but yeah. So okay. I, I just thought I'd throw that up. All right. So what we're going to do now is uh, we are going to brainstorm a genre, a setting, and then obviously some characters. And then we also need a random item that we're going to make important in this story. Random item. Yeah, so we'll start with a genre. What the genre do we want to... rule them all. <laughs> what? The wedding ring. The one oh. wedding ring. Let's make that the random yeah, item. they lose the wedding ring? Okay, we're going to make the wedding ring the item. Okay. Uh, what's our genre? Uh, horror. Horror. <laughs> <laughs> we did actually just talk about horror stories yeah. last week. So uh, if, you, if you still don't agree with the... Uh, the last week podcast. You're, we're, we're going back this might to... might not be the podcast yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back to that. Or the episode. Dang it. We keep yeah. saying that. Well, no. I mean podcast. If we're going to talk about well, horror yeah. stuff multiple times. This I don't know where you're going. Yeah. If we're going to talk about horror stuff multiple this times. This might not be the show for you. Yeah. The opposite of that. Do we want to do horror then? <laughs> we can do horror. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. What do you think, AJ? He, he kind of brought up the it. idea. All right, All right uh, let's horror. choose a, a subgenre though. Subgenre? What's our subgenre? Like a like horror. a setting? So what you're talking about? Like a time period? Comedy. Uh, no. Like comedy. Uh, wait, a what? Horror comedy? Just like subgenres of horror. Like really gritting, but really really gritty. Comedy. Oh, oh, never mind. Sorry, subgenre of horror. <laughs> Just wait, an additional what? deeper level of another genre, completely different from it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, horror is kind of the opposite of comedy, what? to be honest. No. There are times when you either have to laugh or cry, so that's where... Yeah, but it's <laughs> not usually both in the same... same. Well, 
Well, why not? If you're saying the same joke, basically. Yeah. Why can't we write a book about where there's so many moments where it's just so disturbing that you either have to laugh or cry? Oh, there actually is a subgenre here called comedy horror. Really? I don't know what the difference is of that though. I don't know. That's cool. All right, so we have killer horror. Killer horror. As in, there's someone who's killing people. Oh, okay. We have monster slash creature horror, so like vampires and werewolves and all that stuff. We have (laughs) zombie and virus horror. So that would be interesting. Post-apocalyptic. Because you're like you're like taking out the. Gotta take Uh, out the zombies. We have paranormal horror with ghosts and whatnot. Uh, Psychological horror. So, you know, madness and paranoia and all that stuff. We have gore horror, which mm, I yum. don't really want to get into that, to be yeah, honest. No. Um, and, okay, there's a small subgenre here. It's comedy horror. Oh, The Little Shop of Horror is a comedy horror. Really? The, yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying that was another sub- subgenre. No, no. I was like, that's its own that's That its play own that they did at Craig? Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, I'm just talking about. And then they also have, like, post-apocalyptic and sci-fi horror so like the alien movies doomsday invasion of the body snatchers mm. that's one of the ones on here Hor- <laughs> horror romance creepy kid horror gothic horror body horror this is like, all kind of weird now body horror body body horror i don't, I don't even know what that know. means I don't yeah even, i don't want to know all right so let's pick a yeah so we have like i think we should do the zombie one that fits what do you think, AJ? How would that sense. fit? Well, it makes he's like sense. We're all... he was he was like throwing out all the guests and like <laughs> you're all zombies. I mean, you know, like seriously, he was like exterminating the bad guests. It's not the gu- zombies he's throwing out; it's the people that are possibly infected with the virus. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, that's interesting. Oh, but they haven't allowed the that virus goes for to lukewarm too. What? That goes for like a, a lukewarm uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing too. Like, even if you're potentially a zombie, we can't allow you to be here with the rest of the people. Unless you've gotten the cure. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's oh. awesome. Oh, that, and I then love they're, that. they're they're refusing to get the cure. The cure. Yeah. When they don't put on the wedding garments. Holy crap. Dude, this is okay. so perfect. So, so what's, what's a reason for them not to get the cure, though? Uh, like because they money? don't believe in it. Like maybe they, they don't, don't think there's something the wrong cure. with you. They don't. Maybe they don't think there's. They either don't believe that this is an actual problem. Okay. Or they that, think, think that the, the cure. They think that the cure is like some sort of like. Your it's yeah. not what it is. It's not what they think it is. Kind of a yeah. Thing, I know what you know? you're saying. But I think I think the um, don't think you need it. They don't think they need yeah, it. Yeah, don't that think there's a problem. I like that. If they, if they don't think there's a problem. This if is really like, oh, interesting. Dude, this is like... I want to write this now. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so now we need a setting. But I feel like... Ah, oh, never mind. We can, we can get that later. All right, so... We need a setting. Setting. Uh, yeah, I keep thinking of this in a house. At? Some wedding house guy. But it's not necessarily yeah. because it's not yeah. about a wedding anymore, necessarily. Yeah. Well, there is a wedding ring that's involved, but... Yeah. How about at the end of the movie <laughs> somebody proposes... To a zombie. Wait, what? Then <laughs> we can get into be equally yoked. <laughs> <laughs> Unequally yoked zombie yeah. and non-zombie. And then it can, it can end terribly and the zombie just kills him. Like he, he loves the zombie so much that the zombie infects him and then they both die. 
And then, and the, the, we're not the end, turning this into warm at bodies. The, at the end, it could just be like, yo, don't be Don't be a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Yo, don't be a zombie. <laughs> Take the cure. And then, then we could put a We as Humans a zombie song at the end of it. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, great. so yeah, we need a setting. So is this some sort of like bunker? I don't know. So the world is going to crap outside. Is this like actual like real world? Like down the toilet? So what you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> this is is this like real world? Are you doing a reality check right now? Is that what no. you <laughs> Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Right, no, what I'm jokes. talking about Let's is go. is this Earth? Or is this like some again. random like secondary world? Uh uh. Let's do secondary world. That's more interesting to me. Okay, so I this mean, is like secondary world yeah. sci-fi. I enjoy that more. Yeah, secondary world sci-fi. So it's like, is it actual like sci-fi? Like this is the, our universe and it's just a different world that we've colonized or whatever? Or is it like actual secondary world, no correlation to real Earth at all? Uh, AJ? Well, I feel like I feel like we should stick with the the way that parables do it. And, I mean, you can always relate to the world. I mean, that was kind of the so. Let's of make it an Earth analog then. Yeah. So it's an Earth analog. That'd it's not actually Earth, but it is very similar. Kind of do what I Am Legend did, or not? Not I Am Legend. World War Z, like the book. That was like different. It was. It was Earth. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Oh, that's not what you're talking about. I was thinking you're talking about like a no, no, like a history. No, 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 no. Of no, no, what no, the no. world? Okay. I'm talking about secondary world, as in, is it like the Cosmere or is it Earth? Mm. That's what I'm wondering. Maybe we should keep it keep it more relative to everybody because I feel like maybe we should do an Earth thing simply because not many people will understand a second world, mm-hmm. and we could take that in so many other places. I feel like we should keep it. Keep it in there. Ourselves limited. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so post-apocalyptic, um, at least very close, basically in the middle of an apocalypse kind of a thing, where people are getting affected by this zombie virus, <clears throat> and so wait, are we viewing it as the that's the positive part of it, or are we viewing it in the other way? Because technically, we are all metaphorically zombies at this stage. Yes. Now. So we're doing it not that way. We're doing it that way. Well, we're going to do it in such a way where it's like, it's not a perfect metaphor. um, But like, these people are getting sin, per se. And then they need the cure. And they're refusing to take the cure. Okay. And some of them have become zombies and they kill... Other people. People and then... They kill other people. Then the Lord, the king or whatever, takes and kills them and then burns their cities to the ground. They kill other people out of anger yeah. and out of ignorance. And then we have the people who just don't come. And then the people who... Eat bagels. Who expect... Who, like, have a view where they're, they don't think that they need the cure. And they're not infected. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, no, you are. So he throws them out. Um, I love that. I love that yeah, idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Uh, who's our Who's our main character? What AJ? What? 
Okay, hey, our main character's here? name is Anthony. I think it should be based off of AJ. <clears throat> like, let's say that happened right now. Okay, hey, this AJ's the main character. AJ's the main mm -hmm. character. So his personality is what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about like AJ. AJ is the main character. Mm -hmm. This is this is happening right now. Yeah, this and is AJ. AJ is... No... It should be a no. No, it should be a different character. It shouldn't just be AJ. Kind of the beginning of books, you have to write uh, all characters. No, all characters in this book are fictitious. You know. Well, you have to do that. To protect the no, you don't. I don't actually know. If you have to do that. No, people do. You don't have to, but legally, they usually do that to protect yeah. the rights and protect mm. the. Character of people. We say all but be this. Because people's reputations could be damaged if there's yeah. stuff that you reveal that people don't want you to know who it is, but they want you to gain that depth of knowledge from right. the story or from whatever they're yep. talking about. I don't know if anyone heard that. Because <laughs> you're over there. But you started recording? Yeah, I've been recording for a while now. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Did you know that, Connor? Mm hmm. Okay. Thought so. Yeah, so I mean, who's our main character? <laughs> so we're back to that question. Well, the king, obviously, right? Is that what we're doing? Um, the king, the well, yeah. Let's think about that. No, not necessarily. The king, the, the, the son, could be the main character. The person who the wedding is for. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But this isn't necessarily a wedding. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. So, what's the wedding then? This is. Oh. Mm. An intervention. No, I got it, I got it, I got it. The son is a scientist, and he just discovered the cure. And this is like a bank, this is like a, everybody, let's, I'm giving you the cure, and we're celebrating this. And some of the people in the Enclave who have been kept in quarantine because they have the, they have the virus... Oh, are like okay, so we don't let's, want let's it. Do, yeah, no, no, no. That's the that's the last part of it, though. Yeah, the first part is where the guests start killing all the servants. So what needs to happen is the people who are in quarantine that don't actually have the aren't actually fully infected yet, but they have the virus. Mm -hmm. They want a cure, but the cure doesn't work on them. Why? Because they're already infected. Kind of a thing. Like you you have to have the cure before you're infected. Not the cure, like, like that the would vaccine. Be a cure. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would like, be a vaccine. Like whatever it does, it it prevents you from getting the virus. It doesn't solve the virus. Solve, you, you know what I mean? Okay, but, yeah. I know what you mean. So it doesn't cure the virus. Sure, that makes sense. But then, so, so then the people, the people break out yeah. and try they, to and kill a bunch of people. Yeah, so they start killing everybody because they want the cure. But the guy's like, "Don't! It will not work on you. I'm sorry." Yeah, and then the king, and then the son is all distraught about it, and then his father is like, well, "I'm not! Well, I'm not dealing with this crap. They're killing all of our people," mm -hmm. and he just kills every single one of them. Yeah. Like, not, like, specifically, he just takes out a gigantic machine gun. No, because, like, no, 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 and, the, and the main like, reason he, is because he yeah. realizes that there is no hope for them. Yeah. Like, well, they yeah, will get I mean, the vex, no they way. will get the infection, and they will die, and nothing, our science yeah. can't save them. Because there's we, no point. we ha only can make a vaccine. We haven't found, like, a cure. You only, the only... And all, uh, everything that's going to, the only thing that's going to happen yeah. if they, if you keep them around is they're going to get more violent and more zombified. They're going to kill more and people. And kill more people, so. I mean, once they turn into zombies, you have to kill them anyway. 
Mm -hmm. So, and then we have. I like this whole. And then we have the the call for the people. It's like anyone who does not have the virus, come and we will give you this thing and it will rescue you. And some people are just like, no, I don't believe it, and they just don't don't come. And then they get the virus and die. And we could even have like a sub story, where our sub story, side story with people who, you know, on the outside who just are like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I don't get, I don't want to get the cure. So is the virus being given over to foolish thoughts? Like on top, is the virus being given over to those foolish thoughts to the point where your heart is just permanently darkened, given over to that? The act, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense if it's then, more of an emotional thing anyway than, yeah, where it's like, you just basically, basically it's like you, yeah, you just become really, really violent and aggressive and, I mean, it's just basically you're sinful. I want to say, but point. before you're infected, you still need a cure, hmm. but you don't realize it. Yes. Okay, maybe it's in stages then. Oh, no, I, I like that idea that. Okay, it's Even in stages. Not- no, 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 it's in stages because it's sin gives birth to this, it gives birth to death. Okay, so we have that whole analogy there. So there's different stages of the virus, and if you're in stage one, everyone's in stage one because the whole world just it's got, tempted, yeah. you yeah. know, just got this virus yeah. or whatever. It's it's like some kind of mutation in our genes that just happened to all of us where we're all just starting to die and get, get this. Sense. Well, it's like... Um, we don't have to come up with an explanation for that. Like that, that would be something. Yeah, I guess do. we don't. You don't need to know the yeah. answer. For that, that would that would be something you would do with the if you're you're going to write this book. Right. By the way, we're trademarking this. You can't take this book idea. No, you uh, probably could. It doesn't really matter that much. No, we're gonna we're gonna you mail it to us. We're gonna mail this mail of the it. podcast to ourselves. <laughs> well, we have it on rec- Connor. We have it on the internet. Like literally, oh, well, we, no, yeah, we, it's well, copyrighted right now. This idea yeah. is copyrighted right now. Really. Well, okay. The idea isn't actually the this oh, yeah, audio means, recording is. Yeah, we if we wrote the story, the that's the thing. We have to wrote. We have to write the story, and then it will be copyrighted. So let's write. Right the, now, it's let's not. Let's write the title. And uh, that's not. Then let's do an outline. <laughs> that's not. This how it is works. our outline, actually. This is our outline. Okay. No, I, honestly, I don't really care. You guys can use this book idea if you want. Um, I mean, it's cool. Yeah, I might try to write it someday, and then realize you are, and then I'll throw a fit, but then I'll be over it. So it's <laughs> oh yeah. So we have the stage one where they have it, but they can be cured, okay, and so, then yeah, I was gonna talk about that. I like know. the idea. I like that idea, but I also oh, crap. I keep knocking the table. But I also think that there should be a uh, what's the word for it? Like 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 um, it shouldn't just be like. Once you get the virus, it's, like, all um, violent. Because that could imply that everybody who doesn't have God is a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody who doesn't believe in God or doesn't, like, doesn't follow him, not everybody who does that, who doesn't do that, is a mocker. And I feel like, I feel like we should portray... That there are different mutations yeah. that happen, but it all ends the same. They all become a zombie. But some people go through the stages differently. That'd be really interesting. It'd not only be an interesting idea to put in the book, just like a, an interesting like quirk about it. So then, like, that, that could explain different kinds of zombies that they have to fight. 
You know, they're always doing that in zombie <laughs> things. Dude, that's great. But we should put in every single... This is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. we're single... taking the all of the metaphors for the spiritual and... Or we're all taking all of the realities for the spiritual and making them into a metaphor for a zombie okay, story. But, so that's be cool. One of them needs to be... Like, all of the, the quirks, all the differences need to have, like, need to represent, like, um, like, people groups that... Like like oh I don't want I don't want to say that I want I want to say like uh, different ways that demons get people how how they get people to act when they're not mm-hmm. following God like one of them would be apathy of the zombies that just don't care right because that's you some that that's what happens to some people where they get to the point where they can do whatever but when it comes to God stuff they just don't care enough because they're too distracted by everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of them could be mocking, mm-hmm. uh, which would be the violent types. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Seeking seekers. Seekers. That's interesting. That would be interesting. Ooh, what are we doing for that? Intelligent zombies that like retain their humanity. But they are infected and are prone to fits of anger, like a Hulk kind of situation. <clears throat> so they they even maybe even have a functional society, but like mm. the smart zombies. The smart zombies. Mm. But are we still doing this as the? Sorry, I'm chewing. But are we still doing this as the uh, the end result of the zombie? Or we're doing this in stages still. That's still stages. Okay. You won't, you won't imply that it was end result. Well, no. Okay, so we have we have these different stages. We have the uh, you know initial stage where it's just you know you're, you're t- technically just still a human, and then you maybe even the next stage is seeker stage, and then we have an apathy stage, and then we have a mocker stage. And at any point throughout that, you can get the cure, and then you you know, mm-hmm. or not at any point throughout that, uh, up to the seeker stage. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like that's actually not what I was thinking originally, but that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. The, when I, I I ironed it out in my mind, mm-hmm. and then that's what it came out to be. Yeah. The first, they're more intelligent. Yeah. And they still lose apathetic. their yeah. And then they're apathetic, and then, they're and then they turn violent, violent, and then they die. And I feel like it's maybe even it's maybe possible to. Uh... Oh, okay. Okay. This is this is interesting. It's possible to get the cure in any of these stages but there are very specific circumstances for and it gets harder and harder with every single one because that you know we're not in trying you not you don't want to imply that if you're a mocker you cannot be saved you know what i mean interesting but it's like you have to get to an emotional state where you're calm you know what i mean like you can't Oh, it feeds. It, it's like your your. Okay, so the virus, what it does is it gets your your uh, heart rate and you know adrenaline or whatever. It just like literally, eventually, it constantly pumps like adrenaline through your system, and so your your body is like on overload all of the time, and eventually you just like implode. And so, so you get more and more violent as it goes on. You know what I mean? And so in that apathetic stage, it's like their body isn't working correctly, and so they're just like. You know, like they're just kind of like stumbling around, and they can't really focus on anything. And then it gets to a point where they just like, like, kind of freak out at everything. 
that's actually kind of like what actually happened to a person if that was an actual virus. We think about it scientifically. Mm-hmm. This is the decaying of the brain until it's just the raw like reactions. Like um, I don't have to tell the story. Be it, but uh, like if um, you could actually like sever one part of your brain, which is like basically you, like the intelligent part of you, and the rest of you could still be alive, right? For at least a certain amount of time until you bleed out. Mm-hmm. But where it's like your habits, and people, uh, a person apparently, this isn't like this is all speculation. But apparently some guy was killed in bed. It was like the only way that the investigators were able to... Oh, um, right. I know. We're able know to explain about, the right? murder and where the, the blood was and stuff like Not that. Not the murder, but the, yeah. the death. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, it was murdered. He was, he was, he was murdered. murdered. Yeah, he was murdered. Oh, he was murdered. Yeah, that's right. So he was like in bed. And somebody like stabbed him in the face or something like mm-hmm. that. And severed that part of the brain. And he woke up that morning. The normal time he, wo- he yeah. w- wakes up he, because he of the smell up. of his coffee starting... No, I don't think it was that. No, I'm pretty sure it was that. No, he just woke up. I mean, well, I, I, either, he probably it doesn't woke really up after getting stabbed in the face. But I don't think he. Just, I don't think he fell back asleep after that. <laughs> well, who knows? I don't that, know. I don't. Remember. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't matter. But um, he he woke up, went downstairs, made a bowl of cereal, bowl of cereal, went out to get the newspaper, and, and then died on the bed. porch. Yeah. Or maybe he died inside after he took the newspaper in. That doesn't matter. <laughs> But the, you know, so yeah, that, you, that's the scientific. The body's kept doing what it yeah, usually does, oh, even after the intelligence was gone. So that's that could explain like mm-hmm. how the the realistic version of what zombies would be. Interesting. Yeah, this is wow. Now you want to write this book, don't you? Yeah, yeah man, this is. This I might is cool. do this for my NaNoWriMo this year. That might be interesting. Why don't you do a uh, MaMoRamo? <laughs> As in, do it next no, month. No, do it in May. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm writing to look skyward right now. I'm not going to just stop in the middle of it. Um, yeah, I mean, we pretty much have a, ma- a pretty good story there. So we have the, you know, the main character is the son who is the scientist and figured all this out. And he is distraught. And then we have his, like, mentor character is his father. And his father is basically trying to... Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe the father should be the main character. I don't know. What do you think? Because it's like, the father does everything. The son doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? And there are, there are stories that yeah, no, work like, like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, the character you're, you've seen everything from is not the character who does everything. It's like the... Uh, Sherlock Watson thing. Like, in the novels, or in the stories, you're always from Watson's point of view. And he does stuff, but Sherlock is the one who's interesting and that you, is the main character. That's the way you do that. Yeah. Do it this way. Like, mm-hmm. So the sun, it's from the sun's viewpoint. Mm. No, or it's I from the king's it viewpoint. Be both. Just you go back both. and forth. Like Brandon Sanderson does. Yeah, that makes books. sense. Okay. That makes more sense. Then you get a, um, a look inside both of their heads. Right. That's very interesting. Yeah. So what is the dad? That is, he's, like the, he's like the governor of this like enclave. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, what other characters... Who's like the villain? Do we have like an actual antagonist, or is it just well, the virus? Is the there villain? isn't an antagonist in this. It's just kind of well, the antagonist is like everybody. <laughs> it's like everybody. So, um, 
I don't think it needs an antagonist. And I love the fact that the zombies would die out eventually. Like, if they left them out. So, like, let's say they got a bunker. And they cleared out all the zombies in the bunker. That means they're safe. They just need to wait until all the zombies have died on the outside. And then, because then the book doesn't end with they're stuck in a bunker forever. Like, because of because of how this parable goes, because of how the, you know, the right. story of life goes, that the zombies are supposed to die after the violent stage. Yeah, that, that, so then, that's yeah, how it works. So then there's, you have a satisfying ending. As yeah. in all leave. the zombies die yeah. and they can leave yeah. and restart civilization. That's cool. That's, that is really cool. And that's it's cool. really interesting because it's like an apocalypse of the timer. Yeah. And it's like everyone will die after a certain amount of time. Um, you have to find this cure and get it to as many people as you can before. And you gotta calm them down. And you gotta calm them down. You gotta persuade the zombies to inject a virus in them. And if they get close to you and, you know, bite you or whatever, then you've got it. Well, but so you had you have the cure though, remember? Oh, right. I'm stupid. <laughs> so sinners aren't gonna <laughs> convert you back to atheism. Well, you got a false uh, vial. You got a faulty vial. Huh? <laughs> uh, we could, yeah, we could go pretty far with this. <laughs> we really could. Going to like two other parables, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we pretty much have all we really need. Are we gonna put I, a wedding ring in this at all? Nah. Nah. <laughs> I feel like it's just kind of random. <laughs> we could just say the guy's married. Yeah. And you think his wife died? Actually, no. Mm. Yeah, well, his yes. wife. His wife died, and he just thinks about his wife a lot, and like plays with and his he, wedding yeah, ring. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> or random you know, little tidbit. If somebody does run away with this book, you don't have to put the. It's fine. We don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> We're not telling you how to write a book. Well, yeah, I'm, never mind. Well, matter. anyway, that was really, really interesting. So, good job, everyone. Yeah. Good job, AJ. Good job, AJ. <laughs> all, of, all of my few comments. <laughs> yeah. All three or four of them. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're going to take another quick break here, and then we will be back to answer a few questions, and then we'll be gone. Ooh. All right, so we've got a few questions from Facebook. Uh, first question from Seth Birchfield. Does God know when people are going to die? Hmm. Very interesting question. I'm still chewing. Now, I feel like we could talk a lot about this, but we should just give a quick answer. Oh, yeah. Um, the quick answer would be yes. And then, you know, the follow-up question would obviously be, well, why does he let them die kind of a thing? Well, maybe that's not the question. next question you're going to ask. But basically, Wait, that, begs, that begs the question, why isn't God doing things about, like, people's deaths and stuff and why does he it basically goes into a much deeper question about just the nature of god and whether or not what our choices actually do anything because if we decide okay i'm going to kill this person is that actually us deciding it or did god decide that let's look at the bible okay all right somebody look at the bible <laughs> You're the one with the Bible. <laughs> well, I'm reading and yeah, well, no, I'm fine. Yeah, the 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 quick answer is yes. The quick, well, the quick answer is yes, but obviously we that requires explanation. Mm-hmm. First of all, I would say, you know, 
everywhere in the Bible it says that God knows everything. So, so God I mean, knows everything. That doesn't need to be answered. There you go. Well, I mean, that's the dumb question. That's a dumb answer, Gil. Yeah. Yeah. But then going further, you know, that as we said, that begs the question, do we actually have free will? And the complicated... Well, yeah, I know. The complicated answer is yes and no. No, we do because... Adam and Eve sinned. No, that yeah, was we a do. Choice. And basically, but the, what what Seth is kind of implying here, at least I think, um, is well, that uh, not Seth in particular. Anybody could have. Yeah, who's lied. asking this yeah. question? That's yeah. what I mean. Um, it's that you, if God already knows everything that's going to happen, why does it matter if we make choices? Because it's going to happen the same way no matter what, right? You know, no, that kind of thing. Because you're either going to heaven or hell, so you better make your choice. Yeah, but if God already knows that you're gonna to go to heaven or hell, then, then why it's not gonna nothing's choose? going to change is what the point is there. Well so what? You still have to choose. You're still in this point right and now. You mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. And that's so that's actually the answer. It wouldn't really matter. Why should it matter to you? Yeah. Whether your desti- whether you can change your destiny or not. Mm-hmm. Why should it matter? You can't you, know that yeah, anyway. Yeah, you don't know what your destiny is, so you have to find it out anyway. But the the another complicated answer would be, I don't think God planned our decisions. I think mm-hmm. he planned around our decisions. Ooh. That makes way more sense, doesn't it? That's a pithy quote. <laughs> I mean, he... Because he knows... He works everything yeah, He gives us good. free will. Yeah. But then he's so perfect and knowledgeable about everything that he can take every single decision we make and make a perfect master plan yeah. out of it all. Yeah, that's that's what he says he does. So, But I think to an extent the complicated answer is yes and no we don't have – like yes we have free will and no we don't have free will because God is God well, and he knows also, everything anyway yeah. and knew what was going to happen when he created us and to an extent he – made all of this happen kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like Technically, but it would be the greater sin just not to create us. Yeah. And and we could get into a big or greater discussion about mean, that. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean greater sin. You know, you know what I <laughs> there mean. There was no sin involved. <laughs> Shut up, Caleb. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the, the simple answer. Yeah. We could get into that pretty lengthily. All right, so the next question is, Taylor DiRienzo Stokes says, what is the greatest influence Christianity, Christianity has played on art? How is that different from what we see today? Um, honestly, in today's art, I don't think Christianity has any weight on anything. Well, it doesn't have <laughs> not no today. weight. It well, has some weight. In certain aspects of it, but not in anything modern. I think, especially in the last, like, in the middle, what I'm saying is the Middle Ages to the Renaissance, that whole era, there was a lot of God's influence on art and in... Um, science and what I mean is by those things is the popular art and science of the day the leaders of art and science in that day were Christians and had because they were going from that viewpoint they had a major impact on their society Um, I'm trying to think of specific artists I know Galileo and Newton were both Christians and creationists, so there's one to float your boat. So you're uh, float your boat. Uh, that what? never mind. There wasn't a joke a there. Actually, no. What? Isn't there? Isn't that one guy? Have you ever seen Ever After the movie? Mm, yes. What was the guy? I think it was uh, Michael Leonardo Michael. da Vinci. Yeah, it was Leonardo okay. da Vinci. 
All right, never mind. <laughs> I was thinking. I don't think it just he was came a to my mind. And, like he had that boat thing. Remember he he like walked on water with boats mm-hmm. on his feet. So I that just never mind. We can yeah. just cut that out. I probably will. Yeah. So I don't know about the greatest influence that Christianity has played on art. I mean, there are a lot of artists throughout the ages who have played great influences on just society in general. Um, I can't think of names right now. I'm trying to think of anyone. I'm pretty sure Michelangelo was, right? Not an ever after, but yes, yes. Yeah, like Michelangelo and then who did the... I, this might actually be Michelangelo who did this. The uh, the pointing fingers picture. <laughs> I don't know what the name of that picture is. In the Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel, oh. yeah. Who, was that Michelangelo who painted that? I believe all of them were there. Yep, all of the individual scenes are just different biblical characters. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's a very <clears throat> big influence that Michelangelo and therefore Christianity played on. Society. That's all art. Yeah. That's all like painting art. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Storytelling. Oh my gosh. J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. But yeah, they've had Man. an impact on. On storytelling yeah. in such a profound way. In, in Man, the I, I can't believe I didn't about. think of that before. Yeah. yeah like, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were both Christians. And they, they're Christians. Christians. Christian themes run so heavily in their books, and I was actually just listening to a forward, um, an audiobook version of The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien, and uh, he was actually talking about that he didn't do allegory, like, purposefully, because he thinks it's dumb, but, and <laughs> that's a paraphrase of, he didn't say that. <laughs> I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb. Um, but he did, I can't remember the specific thing he was saying, but he said something along the lines of, um, <laughs> I completely forgot what he said now. It was like something about, you know, I don't, I'm not writing allegory, but I'm writing like, oh, I remember. It was something, it was like, I'm writing his, history in the way that it's truthful and just honest about, you know, the situations that it's in and the, you know, human nature and all this stuff. Like, you know, in that sense, where it's a historical narrative, like a fictional historical narrative, that, because in, in history you're going to find all of those themes already. Um, and that's kind of what he was going off of. I might have butchered that. He explained it a lot better. Um, but then, yeah, C.S. Lewis, too, with, he had heavy allegory, and that was purposeful um, with all his, you know, with Narnia and all that stuff. Um, and also books like the Screw Tape Letters and stuff like that, too. Um, yeah, they had fantastic influences. Uh, what about music? And the only good Christian artist I can think of at the moment is Lecrae, so. <laughs> well, I think just the seriousness with all with all of the Christian um, recording labels, but especially with those that um, do hip-hop and rap, that they, like Reflection Music Group and Lampstand, I believe that's the name of the other one, another one, in addition to Reach Records, but... Um, just the seriousness and that they have deep theological discussion yeah. amongst yeah. each of those artists that are at those recording Ooh. labels and they yeah. talk with ones that are at the other recording mm-hmm. labels as well compared to what some just random secular 
companies where they'd be competing with each other so they're not going to be like sitting here sharing ideas and like mm. doing that stuff but like that that's Christianity then having that huge impact on art that these artists that even though they're releasing their music that the gospel is is that center focus of all the stuff that they're doing and besides that providing them with an income and a living that it also Christianity is having an impact on that industry of seriousness and transparency with their lives and digging deep into God's word with each other. Yeah, definitely. Uh, propaganda is one of the f- most fantastic rap <laughs> artists I have and spoken word artists that I have ever come across. I have so much respect for his his work. It's fantastic. And, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, specific... Um, I mean, lots of people who wrote a lot of the old hymns have had, a, like, Amazing Grace. Um, who was the guy who wrote that again? What's his name? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking of. I can't remember. You could, you could just Google it. Yep. And there's other ones, too. There was another... There was the... Uh, Leland. Um, they're a Christian band. They had found um, an old hymn that someone had had wrote during this period of a huge great awakening with a revival i don't remember where it was occurring in the u.s but they found this and just the beauty within that hymn that they found that had been hidden like in a book um in like a huge library somewhere here in the u.s and that just been hidden there for years and just the beauty of it and that they were in that just talking about just the huge leaps and bounds that god was doing yeah, it's, it was written by John Newton, is his name. He's a uh, a slaver. He used to be a slaver, and then he converted to Christianity. Yeah. And then yes, talking yeah. about how could, you know, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, because he knew how sinful he was. And he was amazed by, you know, grace. And I think Taylor's question was kind of more directed at just, like, how was the greatest influence Christianity has played on art, on art in general, like, Christianity as a whole and I think one of the main things is just that you can see throughout storytelling and just society and pop culture all of the references that are biblical like you do that with everything I know but everything almost everything in the western world has Judeo-Christian roots yeah and And we we do have roots yeah and it's like you can't watch a movie or read a book without seeing something that is Judeo-Christian and root yeah. because it's so prevalent. Because that's what the Western roots are. Yeah, and, and that's so. the thing. It's like when truth gets a hold mm-hmm. of, you know, when, when truth is planted, it will grow. Yeah. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter if people don't necessarily understand it. it it's truth and it will show itself and that's no why you, and that's why you have to be so critical with the truths that you speak, because a, even something little that you just want to distort to make it you know sound better or something like that, you always want to take especially especially biblical truths. You always want to take exactly what they mean, even if you think, um, you know, like they that you disagree with what they're saying or what the Bible is saying. Or like, if you if you're not sure about what they're saying at the moment, and you you're pretty sure that they mean something different than what it says, like like you're saying, oh well, I'll I'll read through other scriptures and see if you know 
see if this is actually what it means. You just need to say what the Bible says and let let truth speak for itself in that way. And that's, I mean, I, I forgot why I was saying this, but that's so important. Why was I saying that? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I guess we can wrap it up there. I forget why I was saying that. Why was I saying that? I don't know. I think we should just wrap it up there. Yeah, we can just wrap it up there. Because I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, we're really tired. Yeah. All right, so, so what's our hashtag for today, guys? Uh, hashtag the evidence Bible is the best. <laughs> okay. Hashtag the evidence <laughs> Bible is the best. Tweet us um, or, yeah, yes, tweet us at, at Christ underscore art underscore show. <laughs> Thank you for that, Connor. Tweet, tweet. And use the hashtag the evidence Bible is the best. You can also... Um, at our website um, at christianartshow.com, we actually have a, our own URL now, Whoa! our own domain name. It's pretty pretty legit. Um, there's like below every episode, it's linked into Facebook, so you can comment from Facebook directly onto the episodes. So you can also use the hashtag there. Tell us what you liked about the podcast. Tell us what you hated about the podcast. Basically, just give us some suggestions as to make it, uh, you know, to make it better. What you liked, what you didn't, so on and so forth. And just tell us that you listen to it because we are completely deprived and we need human validation to live. <laughs> what? <laughs> I need human validation to continue this podcast. To continue my existence, really. Oh, okay. Well, there's a Bible verse for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, the evidence was, Bible. I was being I was being facetious. facetious. I don't actually know if that's the correct use of that word. What does that have to do with poop? I don't. What? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, you can you can go to you can find us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com/slash Christian Artist Show, and yeah, I mean that's a wrap, pretty much. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. My name is AJ. This was the Christian Artist. Thanks for listening, guys. Well, we still are the Christian Artist, but. This was an episode of the Christian Artist Show. There you Show. go. Are we say that every time, Connor? <laughs> really? Is that, I you said, said that, that last time, anyway. Oh, well. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> say Have, it right next time. Jeez. Adios. Adios.